Just awesome. Thank you, bells. Truly enjoy the bells. You know, I'll never forget. You know, we pastors, we have to go to conferences. You know that? Pastors have powwows. And I'll never forget uh, such a conference that was called. It was at a church over in West Virginia when I was pastoring there. And it was a local church, and it was a place that I had never been to before. Now, as you know, West Virginia is a great place to be from. It's a great place to visit, and it's not really hard to get around in. On the one hand, it's a small state. It's pretty easy, just a few basic roads that lead to certain places. But on the other hand, because of the terrain sometimes, it is a challenge. And the directions that I had been given to get to this particular church were certainly not clear. It wasn't jiving with what I was seeing on the road. And fortunately, I had my cell phone. And I had to call mission control, if you, if you will. I had to, let's just say, call more than one time to figure out how to get to this church. And it was through that phone communication that allowed me to stay on course and arrive at my destination. I'm told during the Apollo missions to the moon that the spaceships sometimes were off as much as 80 to 90 percent of the time, but it was through that continual communication with mission control that enabled them to correct their course and reach their destination. And you know, in similar matter today, in our journey through life as disciples, we need to stay in constant communication with our Lord. And by staying in constant contact with God, we can correct our course. We can overcome the challenges and the difficulties of the day. Uh, we can find guidance. We can have the feeling of the Holy Spirit. We can gain wisdom. The Lord can teach us and shape us and stay headed in the right direction so we can endure to the end and be those faithful disciples that God called us to be. So we're concluding today our sermon series that we've been calling Grounded. After all, we're living in a day of chaotic quicksand. So much things are just happening around us and swirling before us. And folks, we need to have our feet firmly planted on the rock of Jesus Christ. We're living in chaotic times with artificial intelligence and deception and an age of disinformation and more than ever we need to be grounded in reality and we need to make sure that we are grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ and it's especially essential for us as disciples in our day to have a fervent prayer life there's nothing in fact that reveals more about a person a disciple a Christ follower's life than their prayer life and a lot of people today are carrying the banner of independence. They're flying the independence banner, and that is prayerlessness. Because prayerlessness is really your declaration of independence from God. It's saying, well, I really don't care, and I'm going to do things my own way. And today we have a lot of people declaring their independence because they're not faithfully following the Lord. You know, the priority in the mind of a Christ follower should be the mind of God. It's not what you think but it's what God thinks that really matters. The happy person, the joyful person, the radiant person is the one who prays before they act. 
And before you talk to others, you need to be in conversation with God. And this morning, we're going to focus a bit just on a couple of verses to kind of dive deeper, if you will, in this latter third of the Sermon on the Mount. Now, we know Jesus had predominantly about five different discourses, and we find ourselves here in the Sermon on the Mount, which occurs here in Matthew's Gospel, chapters 5, 6, and 7. In this latter one-third of his teaching here and in this discourse, we find Jesus here talking to us about judging, and it's not so much to say to us, don't judge, but it's how to evaluate, how to practice and live this out. It has to do with our character. And here we discover in Matthew 7 that Jesus is encouraging us to depend actively upon God. And Jesus says not to wait passively as if we might expect God to drop a crumb here and there for us to pick up. But he says to approach God fervently and passionately and confidently and continually to do that. Now, Jesus emphasized the importance of prayer. And in fact, if you would study the life of Christ, you would notice... Uh, that he had a robust prayer life. It's impossible to miss that as you read the Gospels. You will never be any stronger spiritually than your prayer life. And prayer is the greatest tool available to any of us today. And it's through prayer that we lift our praise to God. It's through prayer that we give our, uh, our confession unto the Lord. It's through prayer that we cast our concerns before the Lord and lift our petitions unto the Lord. And so uh, some appeal to this verse here. I know many people have used it to really teach a name it and claim it type of theology. But that's not indicative of what this context is all about at all. Uh, God is not some type of uh, celestial slot machine in the sky or some glorified vending machine that you say a prayer and you get something out in return. But what Jesus is talking about here is something far greater for us in regards to our spiritual character of who we are. The disciples should approach God with confidence knowing that God is eager to hear our prayer. God is compassionate toward us. God is in that posture of listening and receiving us into his presence. And the Bible says that God is anxious and ready to extend to us uh, answers to our prayers. It's almost as if there's a drawer there with our name on it, and God is just waiting to extend blessings upon us for those who come to him in prayer. And so if this book is true, and he longs to give us good things, and he longs to bless our lives, we have to ponder, why don't we go to God more in prayer? Jesus also indicates here within this text that we need to pray personally. And this text is loaded with personal pronouns here. And you know what I've discovered is that many people think prayer is almost exclusively a corporate activity. And if they need prayer, they call the church and they get it on as many prayer lists as you can possibly get it on. If I just have 100 or 101 people praying, then we're going to get this prayer answered. But uh, that's a good thing to do, and it's great to be in corporate prayer. And I look forward to the corporate prayer every week as we all as Christian people lift our voices and our hearts to the Lord. But, you know, it's only as good as individual prayer if you stop and think about it. Churches don't pray. People pray. And families don't just pray, individuals pray. And nations don't pray, but citizens pray. Prayer is very personal. And before I encourage anybody to join a corporate prayer group, I want to get you fired up about your own personal life of prayer. Why not get personally involved in prayer? Because it's really the secret sauce to radiant living 
for a Christian person. It's an out-of-this-world adventure. It is an awesome joy. It's a great privilege to go before God in prayer because that's where the action is in our lives. A couple years ago, I was on the uh, Grand Strand along the shore, and as always, it was more of a relaxing vacation. I had a chance to take a couple of books with me, and I happened to take along an older book, but boy, was it a goodie, and it was called Walking with the Giants. And it was a book, the chapters were designed, it was short biographies on wonderful Christian uh, leaders throughout all of, of our time. I mean, just packed with all kinds of incredible people that had sacrificed their lives for God. There were missionaries, there were pastors, there were scholars. And I happened along this wonderful guy known as Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor was an Englishman who became a great missionary to uh, China back in the day. But he told his story of how when he was just a young man, he was uh, like 16, 18 years of age. He was really battling a lot of skepticism about the Christian faith. And one day, one afternoon, he kind of wandered a bit into his father's uh, library and he happened to cross a gospel track. And he started to read. And all of a sudden, he had this growing sense of conviction that fell upon him and that he needed God in his life. And he was in there for some time thinking and pondering and suddenly he dropped to his knees and he began to pray. And right there on the spot, he met God. His life was transformed. The next day, as I recall, his mother came home. She had been gone for some time and mom arrived home and she had been gone and he told her that he had given his life to God on this particular day, this particular afternoon. And she said, honey, I knew because I was praying. You'll never believe it on that afternoon for your salvation and for the concerns that you had in your heart and that you would meet Jesus. You know, when we have a specific burden, God wants us to ask for a specific answer. And for a few moments here today, I want us to ponder together here Matthew 7 and verses 7 and 8 for just a moment regarding the importance of prayer. The first thing here is that we see Jesus saying here, ask and it will be given to you. And what meets my mind here as I stew about this phrase that Jesus instructed is this attitude of simplicity. It's simply asking. It's going before the Lord with all of our heart. It's going with our very own soul, our very own desires and laying them at the feet of God. And asking gets a response of a gift and children receive gifts from their parents because they ask. I was struck by an article that came out in the LA Times, I think it was 2003. And there was a guy who had just died, his name was Robert White, maybe you heard the story. Died at age 54, but he had made this incredible ask when he was about 13 or 14 years of age. He wanted a signature of the president. And he just out of the blue wrote the White House and said, I would like to have the president's signature. And lo and behold, the personal secretary at the time of John F. Kennedy sent a facsimile, sent a, a, an autograph of the president to Robert White. And this started an amazing 
uh, year correspondence of relationship with the personal secretary of the president. And over the years, he had amassed all kinds of items in presidential history. In fact, at the time of his death, it's, it was said to be the largest private collection of JFK memorabilia, something like 50,000 items. But it was all because of the ask. How oftentimes we don't ask. We're expected to ask for the things that God has promised, for it says, ask and it shall be given unto you. And the same principle is stated in the negative, as you know, in the book of James chapter four, where it says, you do not have because you do not ask. And those words really ought to describe our prayer life, that we are people that go before God and ask. Jesus is specifically indicating here this whole idea of continual prayer. And God is not reluctant to respond to our needs. God will not mark our requests, but Jesus is specifically indicating to us, we need a fervent prayer life. A prayer life that simply goes asking God. We ask for what we wish. We seek for what we miss. We knock for that from which we feel ourselves in need. And true prayer is really persevering prayer. A second thing as you ponder this text is to realize that Jesus said we're to seek. We're to search. We're to long for. And it carries here the idea of some measure of intensity. Seeking contains this idea that we seek to meet the request. Seeking brings discovery, and we discover the will of God, his promises, and his blessings through prayer. And we walk softly, we speak tenderly, and we pray fervently. And God is just a prayer way. From time to time, people will say, well, you know, where is God in that tragedy? And I'll never forget the time in a church that there was a family who had an extended relative that was in a great accident, horrible accident. And it really looked bleak in, in the beginning. It looked hopeless. But against all medical odds, he began to slowly recover. Everyone was praying. Everyone was working to encourage the family. And it was evident to all as people brought food, as people helped with child care, as people gave money to help support the medical bills, as handicap ramps and things like that were built. And lo and behold, a great miracle unfolded as this person was nursed back to health. And you want to know where God was? In some measure of way, God was in that situation and took a horrifying circumstance and turned it into a great, great triumph. Remind you that a day hemmed in prayer is less likely to come unraveled. And we find here this incredible instruction that God gives us to seek the Lord always. And I can't think of anything else more exhilarating than going before God's throne in prayer because prayer is really the gymnasium of the soul. And believe you me today, friends, with all the chaos that we're seeing in our communities, with the division that's happening in our churches, with the strife that is among our people, with all the young people that appear to be walking away from the faith, we need prayer more than ever. We need seeking prayer. And thirdly, let me say to you, it says to knock. Knock. And notice here, this is indication that we need to knock with persistency. You know, I know there's that in life where we try to start a diet. We go for a week and, oh, this is difficult and we give up. Or we try to get in shape. We try to walk or exercise. I mean, we see this every year in New Year's resolutions. 
Uh, but there's this ding-dong ditch approach, if you will. Let's ring the doorbell once, and if nobody answers, I'm taken off. But that's not at all what this text is talking about here. We're talking about knocking with persistence. We're talking about prevailing prayer. Persistence means that fasting prayer, that all-night prayer, that fervent prayer. Now, in the Greek language, you basically have two kinds of imperatives, and one is called the aorist imperative. And an aorist imperative is used to describe an action that is a once-and-for-all kind of action. Suppose you are in a car and you're giving directions to the driver, and in a particular intersection you say, stop at that light. Well, stop is an imperative, but in that context, it's an aorist imperative for it's a once-and-for-all action. But if I were to say to the driver, don't forget to stop at every light, that's a present imperative with continuous action, and that's what we see here in this text. That's what these words are out of the Greek language. Jesus is using these present imperatives, all of his commands saying, Asking, seeking, and knocking are present imperatives. It just is easily translated here. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. In other words, don't ever stop asking, don't ever stop searching, don't ever stop knocking, just keep at it. It's mighty prevailing prayer, continual prayer. In fact, the prayer life that Jesus modeled for us as Christ's followers. And it's persistence is a key here, not because you have to beat a path, a begging path to God's door before God will open it, but until you beat the path, until you go there, maybe there's no way of getting to the door. And God wants to teach us through this season of prayer in our life, this persistent prayer to give our lives to God. While we're praying, while we're seeking, while we're knocking, God is working on us and conforming our lives to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. You know, in the past few years, I have learned a great deal through this crazy pandemic and all these challenges that we faced to really rely upon God in prayer for what's the alternative? Who else are you gonna to go to? But I've also learned how much more I need to grow and I need to spend with God in prayer. There's so much more to experience. Now, I don't know what your needs might be here today. I have no idea. But, you know, in this text, we really find that Jesus is speaking more about the character of a disciple fit for the kingdom of God. What are the needs that you have in your spiritual life? Is it more patience? More patience with someone in your life? Is it more kindness? Is it more gentleness? Is it more self-control? More compassion and love to your neighbor? More wisdom? More strength? More comfort and peace and discernment? The Lord here is calling us to prayer and calling us to continual prayer. Speaking about that conference, <clears throat> as I was there, as I recall, there was a prayer time and there was a younger man who had kind of grown weary in his walk of faith. He was having some challenges and all kinds of difficulties and um, he kind of spoke up and said he was ready to throw in the towel. 
He said, I've just prayed and prayed and prayed. I don't feel like anything's happening, and I just feel like I'm beaten every time, and there's no use to continue forward. And another person there at the conference said, well, did you ever notice that when Jesus told those discouraged fishermen to, scat, to cast out their nets again, it was right in the same old spot where they had been fishing all night, and it caught nothing. I wonder today if you would give yourself to what Jesus instructs here and to give yourself to a life of mighty prevailing prayer. For we need that kind of grounding today in our spiritual lives. And I commend it to you greatly because it's the breath of prayer that sustains our Christian walk. Shall we pray together? Oh, holy God, we do come before you today. For, Lord, we need to ground ourselves in reality. We need to plant our feet firmly in something that's steady, in something that won't change. And we need to plant ourselves on the rock of your gospel. So, Lord, we turn to you today. We lift up our needs, our concerns in all of our lives. It's so easy to turn our attention to the things of the world. It's so easy to succumb to temptation. It's so easy to feel like giving up. It seems to be innate to just want to stop. Lord, we need you today. We call upon your spirit to fill our hearts and lives, to guide us in this journey we call living. And Lord, to work in our souls and help us to be, Lord, growing into your likeness. Hear our prayers today, Almighty God, for we pray it in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.